How can I know God is real? What does the Bible say about politics? Why does a good God allow suffering? If you have questions about faith, life or culture, don't be afraid to ask. This This is Ask with David Dean. G'day everyone, Dave Dean here. And our question for the week is, what does the statement, the fool says in his heart there is no God, mean? This statement is found in two passages in the Bible, Psalm 14.1 and Psalm 53.1. And at first glance, it seems to be saying that atheists, those who say that there is no God, are stupid or unintelligent or cognitively subpar in some sense because that's what the English word fool would have us believe. And understandably, this is problematic for at least two reasons. First, because it's clearly rude to use an adjective like fool to describe someone. And second, because it's arguably not true because there are, after all, many intellectually brilliant people in our world who do not profess belief in God. So we could leave this question where it is and suppose that this is just another instance of antiquated nonsense from an old dusty book, Or we could press a little further in and see if there is indeed some other way that we can understand this text in Scripture. And as you guessed it, we're going to dive right in and do just that. From the very first sentence of Scripture, the Bible simply declares God is, in the beginning, God. Genesis 1.1. In other words, God's existence is simply assumed throughout the Bible. There are instances where humanity ignore or turn away from God, and for that they are rebuked. But the idea of atheism, the the complete non-existence of God, it's not really mentioned anywhere. That is, of course, with the seeming exception of this statement, the fool says in his heart there is no God, occurring just twice again in Psalm 14.1 and Psalm 53.1. Now, when we put Psalm 14 and 53 side by side, we see that they are essentially or slightly different versions of the same psalm. So we may ask, why the duplication? Well, in our English Bible, there is 150 psalms in total, but these chapters can be divided into five distinct books. Book 1, covering chapters 1 through 41. Book 2, covering chapters 42 through 72. Book 3, covering chapters 73 through 89. Book 4, covering chapters 90 through 106. And book 5, covering chapters 107 through 150. So we see that this statement occurs in two separate books, book 1 and book 2, respectively. And for various reasons, it's interesting to note that scholars seem to think that Psalm 14 is a closer psalm to the original form of what is meant to be represented in Psalm 53. And that seems significant because within the context of Book 1, we have other passages or chapters which unpack some of the significance of what is said here in this statement. For example, in Psalm 10, we read verse 4, In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. And in verse 11, He says in his heart, God has forgotten, he has hidden his face, he will never see it. You see, Psalm 10 helps us to understand the meaning of the statement in Psalm 14.1 and 53.1 by connecting the bold assertion, there is no God, to the wicked. And the wicked, Psalm 10 tells us, are those who boast of the desires of their soul and are greedy, verse 3, who are proud, verses 4 and 6, who curse, deceive and oppress the helpless, supposing God will never notice, verses 7 through 10, and ultimately are those who renounce God, verse 3 and 13. Altogether then, Psalm 10 gives something of an interpretation for us. Those who say there is no God are people who live and behave as though God takes no notice of their wicked ways. And the respective contexts of Psalm 14 and 53 seem to support this interpretation, not to mention the Apostle Paul who refers to Psalm 14 and 53 in his letter to the Romans where he builds his case, particularly early on there, that no human being is righteous before God. All of us have fallen short. All of us are in need of redemption. 
And in addition to the New Testament, there are other Old Testament passages that reinforce this view, such as Psalm 73, Jeremiah 5, Zephaniah 1, and others, where we see the wicked characterized as those who live as though God is far off, uninterested, or indifferent to human affairs. But when we actually dive into the words themselves, we see this interpretation reinforced all the more. The Hebrew word translated as fool in English, found in Psalm 14 and 53.1, is Nabahal, which actually derives from the name of a man mentioned in 1 Samuel 25.25, who was immoral in character. So the psalmist's point here, again, isn't that people aren't smart enough to know. Rather, it's because they do know and reject what they are smart enough to know that they are fools. That's why they're foolish. The intellect is involved in that rejection, of course, but it is fundamentally an issue of human morality. There is a head problem, but there is more fundamentally a heart problem, which again is why this statement says, the fool says in their heart. And again, wrapping all of this up, we see these ideas once more written about by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans. Romans 1, 21 through 23. Quote, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things, end quote. So just to pull these threads together, what does the statement, the fool says in his heart, there is no God, mean? This statement is essentially an expression of practical atheism. The fool is a person who, knowing God, comes to the point in their heart where they say, this God isn't for me. In other words, this isn't strictly about intellectual capacity, but human morality. Living life as though the moral authority of God has no place or position in your personal daily lives. And that, friends, is something that can be said of both Christians and atheists today. The fools of Psalm 14.1 and 53.1 are not limited to those who deny the existence of God. They include those who profess belief in God but live as though his being and his word is of no consequence. They are those who, like Adam and Eve, knew the authoritative truth of what God had said concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, yet followed the counsel of their own hearts and ate what God had forbidden all the same. In the summary words of Solomon, people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the heart. And friends, this is why the good news of Jesus Christ is so relevant. Where the fool says in his heart there is no God, Jesus replaces that heart of stone with the heart of flesh that we may declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead and in so doing be saved. Do you have a question about Christian beliefs, theology, doctrine, philosophy or culture? Don't be afraid to ask. Go to drcdean.com forward slash ask. That's Dean with an E. 